Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. I don't know about you guys, but there can never be too much football in my life, so I was excited to check out the Alliance of American Football this weekend. On today's episode, I've got Charlie Ebersol. He's the co-founder of the league, and he joins us today to talk about what he's got out there. He's also a Connecticut native, so a pretty cool story there. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So, Charlie, to get started, you're a Connecticut native. Talk a bit about how you got from growing up here in Connecticut to getting into sports and ultimately uh, doing what you're doing now with the uh, founding of this new football league. Well, I had the great benefit of two parents that were very involved in sports from a time I was very little. Uh, my mom was one of the original people involved in the Special Olympics, and she was the president of the Connecticut Special Olympics for years. And so we went to that every year in Connecticut. And then at the same time, my dad was the president and then chairman of NBC Sports. And so there was not a weekend in my childhood where I was not at either a professional, collegiate, or Special Olympic sporting event um, throughout my childhood. And that just naturally translated into a lot of relationships in the leagues. And then in 2001, when my dad created the XFL with my father, excuse me, when my dad created the XFL with Vince McMahon um, in Connecticut, in Stanford, um, I was ring, I was um, on the sidelines of those games, seeing what they were building and learning about what it was to launch that. 18 years later, or uh, 15 years later, I took a look at that and realized there was an opportunity to do it differently by really leaning into professional football. And my relationships that I built over all that time really helped to um, create that opportunity and build that foundation, which is what ultimately became the Alliance of American Football. Yeah. So you talk about seeing an opportunity in the space here. What what really sparked you uh, to create this new league? Well, there's there's a couple of numbers that really jump out at me. The first one is there are about 78 million Americans that stop watching sports on television when football goes off the air at the Super Bowl. Football engagement between August and February is about 200 million viewers who watch collegiate and professional football each weekend in America. And then when it goes off the air, these 78 million people disappear. So you have an audience that is telling you that they want to see real football. And nobody has created an alternative football league where they were playing real football. They always had gimmicks and schemes and all these things that weren't real football. So that was a big indicator for me. The second one was there are 26,000 Division One players um, that play football in the United States each year, the graduate. And there are only 200 spots on average in the NFL for those players to play in. So we looked, at the, we looked at the reality, the fact that there were a lot of players available and the fact that there were a lot of fans who were interested in the game as a clear indication you could do it. Now, the point that I went after about a year of looking at this and figuring out, I went to my father and said, who would you suggest to really talk to about how to do the football right? He said, well, you've got to get Bill Polian's opinion. And so I went out to Cape Cod and I spent five hours at breakfast with Bill in a diner. And afterwards, I called my father and said, Bill wants to co-found the league with me. And my dad said, that's enough for me. Let's go and let's do it. Bill is widely considered the most successful team builder in the history of professional football and perhaps in all of American sport. He took the Buffalo Bills to four straight Super Bowls. He founded the, the Carolina Panthers and took them to an NFC championship in only their second year. Then he took the Indianapolis Colts from dead last in the league to a Super Bowl, a perennial Super Bowl contender and drafted Peyton Manning. So Bill is the ultimate football expert, and as my co-founder, he's built an extraordinary league. You've got a, 
an impressive group of other people from within football that have backed this league. You've got Mike Singletary, you've got Steve Spurrier coaching the team, Jared Allen. Can you talk a bit about how you got all these people involved and on board with the league? Well, a lot of them, again, are about relationships. I mean, Troy Palomalo, who's the head of player relations, has been uh, one of my closer friends for the last 10 years. Heinz Ward and I have known each other for almost 15 years, um, and he's my head of of football development. Um, Justin Tuck and I went to college together at Notre Dame, um, and he went on to have an extraordinary NFL career. Um, And then, obviously, Jared Allen, who I've known for the last couple of years. Each one of those guys had a pre-existing relationship with me and then an expertise in football. On the coaching side, Bill Polian is probably the most connected person I've ever met in football. Each one of those coaches took a risk and took the leap with us because the quality of football they knew Bill Polian would produce would be at the highest level. So Steve Spurrier is our Orlando head coach and Mike Singletary in Memphis and Mike Bartz in San Diego and Rick Neuheisel in Phoenix and Dennis Erickson, et cetera, et cetera, um, as well as general managers like uh, Daryl Johnston, Moose, um, or Phil Savage, or Billy Devaney. I mean, all these guys have deep football experience. Our head coaches, GMs, and executives have over 500 years of NFL experience amongst them. Jeff Fisher is our head of football strategy. So you have a ton of guys, uh, men and women, who have extraordinary experience around the league and has really afforded us the, the comfort that we are going to put really, really high-quality football on, uh, on the field. Yeah, and talking about that quality of football, I know you worked uh, and created the uh, 30 for 30, this is the XFL uh, for ESPN. What did you learn about why the XFL failed while you were were doing that 30 for 30 that you were able to then apply to this league and make sure that you avoid making some of those same mistakes? Well, the first one is quality football. Putting someone at the top of the organization that really understands football and knows what they're talking about, and Bill Polian, something that none of the other leagues, including the XFL, did. The second thing was not being reliant on a major media deal. We have incredible media partners. CBS, America's number one network, will air our first games. Turner, TNT will air some of our games. The NFL Network will air a lot of our games. Having partners like CBS and the NFL and Turner are incredibly important but relying on them as the source of your, of your primary revenue and, and finances is not a sustainable business model because if your ratings aren't great out of the gate, um, which a startup league is going to be challenged to do, you don't have partners that are invested in the long haul. And so we really had to find partners, and we did that in Silicon Valley. We raised a lot of money from tech investors, first and foremost, around the technology that we're building, and that allowed us to grow a much more stable business model. Additionally, and I think this is really crucial, is what the XFL was really focused on 17 years ago was marketing. It was a marketing stunt. It had things like scramble and it had scantily clad cheerleaders and it had all of these elements that were designed to get people to show up. But because the football was no good, nobody stayed. And so I, what I took away from that was bringing on a co-founder like Bill Polian who could really focus on football and make the football good. And they allow me to focus on bringing in partners that were the world's experts in, you know, MGM's an investor and a partner. They're the world's expert in gambling. Um, the production people we've brought on are the best people who produce the Olympics and the Super Bowl and all of the major sporting events. Um, and then uh, the technology people are at the, at the forefront of technology. My head engineer um, was working at Tesla before he came and worked to me. And before that, he worked on the F-35 for Lockheed Martin. So a lot of our focus has been about putting the top people in the top positions and giving them the, the latitude to build what they think is um, the best version of the product. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's quite a team, both, both on and off the field. One thing you said there that, that interested me is having some of these games on the NFL network. By partnering with the NFL, do you view yourself more as a complementary organization to the NFL compared to a competitor? How, how do you view yourself in that standing? Well, 100% we're complementary. We look at them as partners. Um, I think that's the great downfall, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because it is the great downfall of the XFL 17 years ago had both um, tangible and intangible ramifications was that they attacked the NFL out of the gate. The NFL is the no fun league. It's got to be different. We've got to reimagine it. We've got to change it. And the fundamental problem with doing that is that what it tells players is that you're in competition with the NFL, which means you're not going to create an environment in which they can get back to the NFL. And so what we did is we went the exact opposite direction. We created something called the NFL out in our contract, which allows players to leave our league and go play in the NFL, the number one draft pick in our quarterback draft, Josh Johnson, is later to go play for the Washington Redskins. That's unheard of in this space, but what it allows us to do is coexist in the NFL with the NFL in the football ecosystem. Our commitment is to make the ecosystem better by working with the NFL as opposed as opposed to against them. And you see that in all the different ways we're partnered with them. Not only are they our television partner, but of the 85 officials that we have, 30 of them are in what's called the ODP program, which is the accreditation program for officials to join the NFL. That's a great example of where we can be helpful and developmental and get the best quality people working for us, but also, again, improve the ecosystem of football. And in terms of the the product, there is going to be some differences between what people are used to seeing in the NFL compared to what they'll see in the Alliance of American Football Games. There, There are no kickoffs. Teams are required to go for two-point conversions. Are there any other rule changes uh, that you guys implemented that you think fans should be aware of going into the first week of games here? There are only really nine changes to the NFL rulebook between us and them. You named a couple of them. We don't have an extra point. You have to go for two. Um, There's no kickoff. Um, But probably the most significant rule that's only been announced in the last couple of days but has been around internally for quite some time is what we're calling Sky Judge. We're adding a ninth official who's up in the skybox who has the who has access to the, the broadcast feed and sees the cameras. And because they're seeing that, they have the ability to buzz down to the official on the field and tell them when an egregious play has happened that did not get called. Or in the last five minutes of the game, if there is pass interference that changes the outcome of the game, we give this official the ability to make those calls with a lot more access to technology than is previously invented. Because we got rid of the replay other than coaches challenge. So what we're trying to do is say we want the game to flow naturally. We don't want to stop and review every play, but we do want to have the ability to catch mistakes. And I think Sky Judge is ultimately going to be one of the really significant changes to the game of football. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sure that's something New Orleans fans uh, wish there was a few weeks ago, but it, it'll it'll be interesting to see, <laughs> to see how that plays out. I know you mentioned in some of your partners, uh, MGM being involved with you, fantasy sports, gambling has become a big part of football. How do you see that impacting your league? Well, we're building a technology platform, a proprietary technology platform ourselves internally that changes the way data is captured on the field and produced to partners. So for example, you'll be able to download our app this weekend in the app store, and you'll be able to play a game where you can guess the next play. And the only way you're able to do that is because we've developed technology that allows us to push what's happening in the game in real time to you. 
But when I say real time, I don't mean make believe real time like it currently exists, where you're seeing it 15 to 20 to 30 seconds after it happened on the field. You'll see it in about 200 milliseconds after it happens on the field. So somewhere between um, 2.2 and 0.5 seconds. What that allows us to do, though, in the long run, is allows us to create in-game fantasy and other games that give people the ability to play alongside the game that's actually going on. What you'll see on our app is a fully animated version of what's happening on the field that while you're watching the animation, that animation will be anywhere from 20 to 30 seconds ahead of what you're seeing on your television screen, which is unheard of. Yeah, very cool. Very cool stuff. And for anyone who, who's interested in the fantasy and gambling aspect, I, I think they'll really enjoy that. I know you talked a bit about the the one year uh, or the out clause if you're selected to go to the NFL. You also have some other player benefits in terms of providing scholarships for uh, post-secondary education or vocational training. Can you talk about some of those benefits and why you why you put those in the league? Football, in my view, is a moment in your life. It's not your entire life. One of the things I find interesting about my league and about football in general is football graduates more people from four years of college than any other industry. So you're talking about four-year scholarships for anywhere from 25,000 to 75,000 kids a year in, in college, and yet we don't really focus on what we can do for those players in their, in, during their career. So we offer them post-secondary education. 78% of the kids in our league have graduated from four years of college. So we offer vocational training. We offer financial education and training so that once they leave the game of football, they are equipped to go make it in the real world. Of the, of the 450 plus players that are currently under contract to the league, they'll be playing this weekend. 70% of them, more than 70% of them played in the NFL in the last 18 months. So you have guys that have a lot of experience and we want to empower them. Additionally, we offer them the most comprehensive medical care that any league has offered before. So not only do they have all the traditional insurance, et cetera, but they have full medical benefits for them and their families, including dental um, and, and, and dental and medical because we and 401k protection, et cetera, because we believe it's important that the player is able to concentrate what's going on in football and understand that we're going to help them through the you know challenges that, that come up in their life. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really great stuff there. And uh, given given these players more than just football, and at the beginning you, you talked about you know ratings could be tough for for a startup league. What would you consider a success in this first year uh, of the league uh, playing? Good football. We we are focused entirely on having good football and putting good football on the field. And I think that that is largely driven by. Um, the mantra of what the company is about. That if we put good football on the field, we believe everything will follow on. We want to show growth. I mean, people are going to talk about, oh, there are empty seats in the stadium and uh, the ratings weren't, you know, whatever. But ultimately, from our perspective, our ability to grow the league uh, year on year and, and game on game is where the success will happen. We're not looking at one year success. We're looking at five to seven years. And to get to five to seven years, you've got to build something meaningful. Then starts with good football. As we wrap up, um, I know you mentioned at the beginning uh, what it was like uh, growing up uh, with with two parents who were pretty successful in, in the industry. I'm curious, uh, particularly with your dad. Everyone's familiar with the work he's done at, at NBC. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've taken away from him uh, that, that you've applied not only to the league but just the way you handle yourself in general? relationships are the most important thing and storytelling is the second most important thing. 
how you treat people and what you give people and how you, um, how you stand up for the people you care about um, matters and how you tell stories. Ultimately, the thing that people engage with are not just numbers and stats and baselines. They engage with the story of what built a league. And ultimately, this league um, hopefully is the ultimate version of that because, you know, we watch all these different sports movies, Rocky and Rudy and The Natural, all these sports movies, and they're always about the same thing, overcoming extreme obstacles against all odds to do something really remarkable. Every player in our league has a story like that. Every player has a reason that they missed the NFL by a fraction of an inch or a tenth of a second. And those things are what make great stories. They're also what make rootable stories. And I think that that's ultimately what we've achieved, I think, in, in our league is giving this a rooting interest in seeing these guys succeed. I told the players at the end of training camp, my great desire is that we, that Bill Polian and I get to stand on the sidelines of the Super Bowl next year or in the future, and we point out players that played in our league and we say, I knew him when. That, that Kurt Warner-esque story ultimately is one of the great drivers of what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's awesome. So for everyone who's looking to check out uh, some more football now that the NFL season's over, the Alliance of American Football gets started uh, this weekend. Uh, most of your teams are Southern-based, but we've got some former UConn Husky players playing in the league if you're looking to check out those and follow up and see what they're doing. And uh, hopefully one day uh, you guys will be expanding uh-huh. and we'll ha- have a chance of a team up this way. For sure. We're, we're, we're already fielding uh, requests from a number of cities who want to see us expand. We also have a number of New England Patriots and New York Giants as well. So I think there's something for everyone in the league right now. But over the course of the next couple of years, we'll, we'll have uh, a pretty aggressive expansion plan based on, uh, based on how well each of these cities has already uh, accepted us. Awesome. Charlie, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.